It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ich wart seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's sein Rhythmus, als gäb's sein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Hello and welcome to Gegenpressing, the Bundesliga podcast from the Football Grad Network. This is a transfer deadline special. I'm your host, Bryce Dunn, and joining me, as always, the two other fellas in Manu Vet. Manu, how are you? Good. Um, transfer windows closed. I'm happy. Could finally focus on football. I guess in an hour's time, it will be all over for us. Yeah, most certainly. And joining, obviously, uh, Manu and myself is Chris Williams. Chris, how have you been? Yeah, okay. And, and those magic beeps somewhere. But I'm going to take it that's your watch, is it, Bryce? As, as we're live, that's the um, English window yeah. closed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's been a busy day, hasn't it? Lots of stuff to talk about. Um, really interesting from, you know, our network um, interests because there's a, quite a few crossovers um, for various interests of ours that we can bring over. So um, yeah, it's been a, a, an eventful day for, for the Bundesliga and a good one. Yeah, most certainly. Um, as you said, um, that was the beep for 11 o'clock and the likes of the English window and a few of the others have shut. Uh, the German one has been closed for a little while. Um, so we've obviously delayed, um, well, recording this pod just in case anything were to happen. But uh, I think we're, we'll be more or less safe now, I'd imagine. Probably jinx that, won't I? But anyway, we're going to go through... Um, well, I'm going to go through all the sides and talk about the transfers that have come in, not just today, but um, have come in over the summer. Um, kind of talk um, about who's come in, who's went. And yeah, basically just our opinions on it, whether we think it's a, a good deal, bad deal, or, or what it may mean for the club. So, guys, let's start out with the champions, uh, Bayern Munich. Um, well, in the last uh, 24 hours, we've seen um, Renato Sanchez leave. He, he had been linked, um, well, to a few clubs. Um, one of them was Liverpool, and there's a few other uh, sides out there, weren't there? But Manu, he's, he's ended up at, at Swansea in the Premier League um, of, of all teams. Um, what, what do you make of this deal? How come he's uh, ended up there? I like this deal a lot, actually, because I think that Renato Sanchez... He signed for Bayern last year, of course, as an 18-year-old. And a lot of people don't understand the, the transition that it takes for an 18-year-old kid to go from Portugal to Munich, expecting all these wonderful things from him. And he, of course, didn't quite deliver. And um, there was talk that they would sell him. But I think in the club, they it has sort of, you know, the, the big boys have sort of decided that they want to give him another chance and that he needs to play. He needs to play football in order to grow, mature. And um, therefore, they changed their mind from wanting to sell him to loan him out. And that eliminated a few clubs. I know Liverpool were interested, Manchester United were interested, Roma were interested. AC Milan were really close to buy him, but that deal fell short because Milan did not um, go with the market value. And uh, Swansea came in and wanted to loan him. And the, of course, Clement, um, Ancelotti's former... Uh, assistant coach is the head coach at Swansea's and therefore plays a very similar style of football. So this is, this is basically what got this deal across the line. And Bayern are getting 8 million euros on a loan deal and Swansea have no option to buy. So I think that's a very good deal for Bayern. And it's, I think it's a good deal for Swansea too, right? Chris, I mean, they're getting a player who has a ton of potential and, um, will be very willing to prove himself. Yeah, well, and uh, obviously it makes sense. Uh, for me, it makes sense from a Bayern area because obviously um, they know the coach so well, don't they, as does Carlo Ancelotti. So it, it's perfect, perfect sense. And Swansea have got themselves a really good player. And, 
you know, they flirted with relegation the last few seasons. It's been a while since they had a really good run in the Premier League, probably about three to four seasons. Um, so for them to bring in a, a name of this quality, you really have to look on the likes of social media today where um, it was announced by Swansea and, and the replies after it from Swansea fans, you know, they were elated. So he will be a um, big without being disrespectful to Swansea, he'll be a big fish in a little pond where if he would have gone to PSG or Juventus or Liverpool, he would have been a medium-sized fish in a very big pond. And I think there's always the case that he could have played in Champions League football and potentially embarrassed by and not by um, playing in the same um, fixture as them or even in the same group. But if he would have played for a Champions League side, played in the Champions League and had a fantastic time, um, um, likewise, if Bayern maybe didn't have the best of starts, uh, it could be, well, why did we let him go on loan? What was the what was the point in that? Um, and so they've avoided that banana skin by, um, by letting him go to a club who needs someone and he will get game time there. And I think, you know, we've been quite critical of Ancelotti. He... It's, it's no hidden it's no hidden secret that he likes established players and he's not too keen on developing talent and this makes sense because you know he now gets his old number two to develop him and he knows he can develop him to the right way yeah well certainly um fans of the premier league i'm, I'm sure they'll be uh, delighted to have him uh, a hell of a talent and say uh, yeah something for them to look forward to but we're going to move on to um RB Leipzig now, and they, they've been fairly active uh, over the summer, uh, but they've managed to uh, bring in, uh, well, somebody from uh, Bayern Leverkusen and Kevin Campbell. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you see from this? I mean, do, do you see um, Kevin Campbell being, you know, uh, going straight into that first 11, uh, or do you see him uh, replacing anyone? Well, I think the, the natural. Um, assumption is that he's going to replace Oliver Burke, isn't it? Oliver Burke left uh, the you know the other week. Um, I think it was about a week ago now. The days have blurred into one. He's gone to Brighton Hove Albion. He was dreadfully homesick, um, and he's you know moved uh, moved his family etc. Out anyway. Campbell's come in to replace him. Is he going to start straight away? Probably not. But what Leipzig need is a strong squad for the Champions League and to play week in week out, and also you know Pokal and. Most definitely, though, he will be utilised in in all of the competitions because uh, sometimes people forget what strain and what a drain it is fatigue-wise on players to be playing Monday, Tuesday, you know, uh, sorry, to be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, Wednesday, and all the different match days now in the Bundesliga, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and or um, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's a big toll for any squad, and Leipzig have strengthened with someone who's got the experience of, of playing in the, you know, the European competitions, which is something they don't have. So I think this is a really good deal for them. It strengthens their squad, and it was probably one of the worst kept secrets of transfer deadline day, wasn't it? We all knew it was going to happen at some point. I think he was linked about a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago. The first sniffs around that they were after him. So it makes good sense for um, Leipzig. Probably not so good for Leverkusen. I think it's a, another big loss, especially if you work out that they've lost Hernandez as well. Um, it, it's just another name that's gone. Um, but Leipzig, big winners here. I think he'll do really well. Um, interesting to hear what you think, Manu, especially with regards to the Champions League, and he should hopefully give Leipzig an edge. Yeah, Campo is, is a good signing for them because you know he knows that Red Bull system, of course, um, RB in Leipzig doesn't stand for Red Bull, but he's played for RB uh, Salzburg, right? And um, was was a star there, and then went to the Bundesliga and to Borussia Dortmund, where they used him as a winger, actually uh, under Klopp, and that didn't quite work out. And then sent him off to to Leverkusen, where he I thought he was actually very good the last couple of years, and last year didn't really work out. But that's um, probably mostly down to our good old friend Roger Schmidt. And I think that, you know, um, Hasenhüttl and Rangnick, they know who they're getting with him. It's, um, a little bit, little bit against club policy because he's 27. They don't like to sign players over the age of 24. But of course, I think they make an exception here because they actually developed this guy, right? So I think that he's going to, um, bring experience to the midfield, Champions League experience to the midfield and is still young enough to, um, really, you know, um, develop and learn, relearn those, those skill sets needed. And I think, um, you know, you said he's not a replacement for Burke. He might be short term, but of course, I think long term, it's a uh, Navy Cater who is replacing. Right, that's really where he fits in the best. Yeah, obviously, uh, Chris, you mentioned that um, 
the likes of uh, Oli Burke has left uh, on loan. He, he's went to the Premier League, um, possibly, uh, yeah, homesick, as that was reported. He's went to West Brom. But um, Navi Keita, th- this is a deal that's um, that's been um, organised for, for next season for Liverpool. Um, do, do you see um, them spending this season kind of looking for a replacement or do you agree with uh, Manu that Campbell's going to be the man? Yeah, he should be. And don't forget, they brought in uh, Conrad Lehmer earlier on in the window, who can also play in that position. Uh, probably not ready to play straight away, but I'm sure they will develop over the rest of the league. And uh, thanks, Bryce, for um, I said that. Burke went to Brighton, didn't he? He was linked with originally. He's gone to West Brom, so that was my mistake. Um, but Naby Keita, yeah, this is a... <laughs> I can't believe what a good bit of business it is for both clubs. Um but more the winners are um, Leipzig because they sell the player for a premium now, but they retain him for the rest of the season. That's a win-win. Um, and then for the gaining club, Liverpool, obviously they, they secure him now and they don't have to enter some sort of war next season um, with regards to add-on fees or you know potential um, wage structures because he would have gone for the clause next season, but every club would have just come in and met the clause. And then you're trying to battle with the likes of Juventus, um, maybe, you know, maybe even Bayern or with um, Paris Saint-Germain, Chelsea. And you, then you looking at, can you match the wage structures? Can you match the signing on fee? And, and Liverpool have come in and offered them, you know, what must be a, a good deal. Um, obviously relations were kept sweet, even though bids were coming in and being rejected. And yeah, it makes sense. And I think it makes more sense for Leipzig, especially, you know, we all talked about it. Um, I wrote an article on Sportstat about it, that um, Leipzig weren't keen on selling because they wanted to um, tie up a new contract and get rid of that clause. And that evidently wasn't going to happen. First of August, um, the co- first contract was rejected. And I think it dawned on them then that it probably would be good to do some business now. And, you know, <laughs> I just think that, um, you know, RB Leipzig are backed by Red Bull, who are a unbelievable marketing machine not only have they now got you know this 75 million coming in depending on results and um, they've kept their play for a year and they've now got you know millions of fans worldwide liverpool fans are going to be tuning into all their games potential percentage might buy um rb leipzig merchandise it's just a win-win situation and um, for both clubs i think but leipzig played a blinder yeah they did and i mean we all we knew that they wouldn't sell this summer with Champions League coming in. And I think they were so adamant that they won't. And, um, and that's exactly what they did. They didn't sell this summer. And then when they, when they thought, okay, well, maybe we can retain him. But Rangnick about a week ago said, well, we tried to sign him to a new contract and it didn't work. And I think um, the big worry was, and this is actually related to Renato Sanchez, is that Bayern would come in and get him. And there was a real chance that that would happen. And I think that's why RB said, well, Let's talk to Liverpool and uh, see if we can maybe get a deal done for next year, make sure that we get maybe a little bit more cash out of this, make sure he doesn't go to our competitor. And, uh, you know, that basically is the, one of the reasons why Bayern then went and said, okay, we're well, not going to sell Renato Sanchez because we can then have Renato Sanchez as a backup because we didn't get Cater. So that's uh, that ties in a little bit, but yeah, it's uh, I think it's a fantastic deal by Leipzig because they they did exactly what they said they would do. They wouldn't they didn't sell them the summer, and they're still getting money. I mean, they're getting twenty million on top of the exit clause, so you know it's a massive win for them. Yes, indeed. A good bit of business for RB Leipzig. And I'm sure uh, Liverpool fans will be happy to uh, see Keita join their side next season. Guys, we're going to speak about uh, Borussia Dortmund now. Uh, Chris, I'm going to go to you first. Um, well, we're going to talk uh, about the their youngest um, addition uh, that they just added uh, today. Obviously, we've seen uh, um, Moussa Dembele leave uh, for Barcelona just uh, earlier Who? this week. But Dembele? D- I've never heard of him. Well, what have I done? <laughs> never heard of him. Never heard Who of him. That? Don't know. Don't know who he is. Doesn't he play for Celtic? Do you mean that, Dembele? Close enough. Close enough. Uh, but well, uh, well, we'll oh, I know what you mean. That. You're on about the kid who tried to juggle the ball in a new camp and failed. Is that is that the kid you're on about? 
Let, let's not get personal. Come on, come on. We're all growing ups here. <laughs> Chris, let's focus on the guy who who has come into uh, Dortmund. One of the guys has come in, in uh, Jaden Sancho. Um, he's come from a uh, Man City, young prospect, but maybe a lot of people wouldn't have heard about him. Uh, he's only seventeen years old. Um, what what type of player is he, or what what do you know about him? I know absolutely nothing about him. He's a Manchester City Academy player. Um, it's fantastic business. He's been touted as a move for a while. Um, there was a few clubs interested in him. Uh, I was surprised when I read that um, Dortmund had tied him down to um, to a deal this morning. Uh, and then, you know, all of a sudden it's it's released um, via, well, it was by Dortmund themselves and they tweeted the picture. Interesting. He's got, um, de- obviously, I do know who... Um, Osama Dembele is. He's got his number as he's taken number seven. So we'll see if he can slot straight into that. It's a a bit of a big number to take, but he's taken it. And yeah, he's another exciting prospect. So add that to the likes of Alexander Isaac, um, Zagdu, who's, you know, is another good, exciting young prospect. And I think we've spoken before at great length about how Dortmund have now got a very youthful side and the manager that can, or uh, sorry, a head coach that can take them forward um, and, and get them to deliver stuff and, and Cross, we watched them the other day. I thought they were brilliant going forward. And he'll add another element to that. Don't, I wouldn't expect too much too soon because he's 17. But he is of that age where he'll be nurtured well at Dortmund. And really, without trying to put too much pressure and too much um, weight on his shoulders, the sky's the limit for him at that club. Yeah, well, we've seen Dortmund over the years really uh, nurture a uh, young talent. Uh, so he's definitely going to be in safe hands, we feel. But Manu, we're going to go to you about the uh, the other two signings that have come in. Uh, Yarmolenko, obviously, uh, you've reported plenty about him on, on Football Grad over the last few years. But uh, he's not the only man that's come in. Uh, Jeremy Tolian has also come in. Uh, what, what can you tell us about these two? And by the way, Chris, I appreciate your honesty in saying that you didn't know anything about uh, Sancho. Because I'll be honest, I... I'd never heard of him ever. I mean, Bryce, no one can say they know anything about him. He's, a, he's, he's an academy player. You know, unless you go and watch Manchester City's academy week in, week out, or you're a, a Manchester City <laughs> correspondent, stroke journalist, you should know nothing about him. Beware of false prophets who say they do. Well, we've seen, we have actually been able to pick, speak to a couple of people who know a bit about him. And um, they said that he is, reminds them of a young Leroy Sané, you know, very direct, very fast player. Um, those who love to watch the European Championships have seen him quite a bit too. So he's, you know, he's a, he's, seems a very exciting prospect and Dortmund paid 7 million euros for him, even though they didn't have to, right? Because, um, the scholarship contract meant that he could just leave, uh, Manchester City, but they didn't want to wait for the arbitration hearing at the FA and the FIFA. So they basically said to me in Manchester City, I mean, Dortmund are not short of cash right now. That's uh, one thing that's no problem for them. And they basically arranged a deal to just get everything done and dusted and, and sign this kid. And um, when you when you talk to some of the people at Dortmund, you, you hear a lot of excitement. I, I think he could slot in right away. I think he's he's that kind of player. You know, medium term is what Sork said. He doesn't use those words lightly. Um, I think the one issue is that they have to bring him up to speed physically um, and get him, you know, get him up to speed because he has, hasn't been training for four weeks. But um, I think, you know, they have they gotten a quite an amazing player there. And that's the seventh signing uh, this summer. And that's in a summer where we didn't expect him to be very busy. But of course, you know, Dembele left and that changes everything. And so, you know, and they, they got rid of a little bit of that. What didn't they, Chris, with getting rid of Emre Moore, Michael Mourinho, a bunch of other guys. Um, Ginter, of course, left, Bender, Bender left. So there was a little bit more restructuring than we anticipated. And I like those last two deals. And of course, we spoke about Yamolenko, um, on the last week's part of, well, I guess on Monday's part. And, um, I like that signing quite a bit. Uh, there's, there's a few things that I, you know, I'm ri- worried about is his age and the fact that he has been maybe a little bit past his prime, um, or not at the level that he was two years ago, but I think Bosch can get him back to that. And Jeremy Tolian is fascinating signing, you know, um, you know, player who, who, who played very well for the U21 and, uh, showed a lot of potential. Um, for Germany's youth setups and quite fast, you know, can play left back, can play attacking wing. I think he can play right back as well, can play in the 3-5-2. He can play in the 4-3-3. Three, three. 
Uh, it's a very good all-round signing, and he's a little bit ahead of Pasluck uh, in his development. Um, you know, who they of course sent out on loan to Hoffenheim in almost a return deal. But I like that deal quite a lot. Um, so you know, Tolian Tolian for Pasluck is a good one, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, and I just wonder had Hoffenheim got through the Champions League qualifier, if this would have gone through, and are we seeing a sort of downside to? Hoffenheim dropping out of that prestigious tournament and into the you know sister tournament in the Europa League are they unable to keep hold of this player um, because I you know, didn't see this coming and he is a, he is a bit of a utility player especially at the back he can play on either side you know he's got um, he's, he's capable of playing on either side even though he's left footed he can play right back if he needs to um, you know or he can um, he can even play in left midfield so it's a it's it's a good utility by this and. I think he'll do really well at Dortmund and you know Dortmund for years have been good at spotting a gem and yeah I'm glad that he's gone now for Hoffenheim's sake because had it been a little earlier you don't know what sort of exodus happens when you know one player starts going but I think when it's on deadline day you're quite safe that it's a straight out of left field move literally straight out of left field move um, and you just get on with it and deal with it but yeah, unfortunately, Hoffenheim now have, have lost a few key players. Um, so I now fear a little more for them than I did, you know, perhaps at nine o'clock this morning when I got up. But he wasn't a starting player for them per se. We actually reported on this, this transfer a week ago when there was the first rumbling sort of this happening. Uh, we have an article up on fußballstab.com and I was worried it would go out of date and this deal would never go over the line and it finally did. But I, I'm, I'm not sure that. Nagelsmann really knew how to use him properly uh, at at Hoffenheim, and he seems to be quite happy with getting getting Passluck in return. And you know, maybe that is it's a swap deal. They're getting Passluck now for two years, which is a long loan. And uh, you know, we see with the likes of Philipp Lahm, who went for two years on loan to to Stuttgart um, before he he kickstarted his career at Bayern. That two year loan deal at a different club can do wonders. Yeah, I mean, he played infrequently um, last season, didn't he? You know, he was injured quite a few, um, quite a few occasions, uh, but he still managed twenty games, and he'd started both games this season. But key that he'd started on the right, which isn't his stronger side. So obviously, he, you know, he's not seen as someone who was automatically going to be in contention for either, the, you know, the left back side, the left side of centre back if they were going to play a four, or even you know a left sided wing back. He's, he's way down the pecking order in that. So you can see why he has let him go. It's yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how he performs. So I suppose both managers will be very happy on, on what they've got. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, and I'll be interested to see how he settles in, in the Dortmund side, which is starting to really evolve from the one that we saw win the Pokal last season. Yeah, definitely. On Passlack plays on the right, right? So it's actually, it seems like they had surplus material on on the left. Hoffenheim did, and Dortmund had too many on the right, and so they they basically swap players in a way. And of course, with Schmelzer and all these guys down, um, that Tolian deal makes sense, and I, it looks like Passlack to Hoffenheim makes sense for Hoffenheim as well because they were a little thin on a right-back position. And Chris, just before we move on, I mean, we've kind of covered uh, Dortmund and uh, Hoffenheim there, but just a, a, a quick moment on Emre Moore. Um, I mean, Manu mentioned that obviously he's moved on to uh, to Celta Vigo there, but I mean, he, he was a, a young hopeful that I, I think a lot of people seen, uh, well, you know, a lot of potential in him. I really thought that he would uh, kick on, but it didn't seem to really happen for him at Dortmund. No, and I don't know whether he came in at what was particularly a bad time for him to come in. He didn't come into the best of atmospheres, did he? And he didn't really get as much gain. To, it's, it's a, he's almost a replica of Marino, of, uh, you know, Mikel Marino for me. He, he's, came, he's, he's come in, he maybe hasn't got as much time as he would have wanted, has he not settled as well, and, it, and he's moved on quite quickly, but there's no doubt in that when he came in, everybody was like, well, yeah, this kid could be going places, not to say he won't go places, now he's left, but we all thought he would get the the time and the development opportunities, but you know, that's football, players come in and you think they're going to get a time and, and the ability to, to start in a squad, and, and it just doesn't happen, and then they're out the door at the next window, so 
Yeah, I'm sure he will be. Um, he'll be happy to get out. Or players want to play at the end of the day, especially if you're in somewhere like um, you know the German league. They want to be playing. If, if you're going to go to the Premier League and you want to sit on the bench and be paid hundreds of thousands of pounds a week, and you're probably in your late twenties, early thirties, you may take that. But if you're a young kid who's trying to start in a game, then you know and, and establish yourself as you know, oh, as a national team player or as just a week-in, week-out player, you want to be playing and he, and he hasn't got that. So he's probably right that he's moved on and you know, wishing the best luck. Yeah, we wish him all the best. Hopefully he gets plenty of game time there and, well, can bring up the potential that we all know he, he has. Uh, but, yeah, guys, that more or less covers uh, Dortmund and Hoffenheim, I feel. So we're going to speak, move on to um, Freiburg and speak a little bit about them. Uh, they've uh, brought in two players uh, last minute. Uh, Manu, what, what can you tell us, if anything, about um, Yorick Rave? Um, he's obviously a, a French winger. That's about all I know uh, about him. And he's come from young boys in Switzerland. But do, can you tell us a little bit more about him? Well, thankfully, we got to see quite a lot of Jorik Rave because he played uh, first against Dynamo Kiev and then um, he was in action against CSKA Moscow. Uh, so, you know, covering those games for footballgrad.com, we got to see quite a bit of him. And uh, Freiburg has been in the hunt for this guy for quite some time, but uh, young boys wanted to reach the Champions League group stage uh, first before they let him go or we're hoping to let reach the Champions League group stage didn't quite work out the, it's the Europa League group stage instead and that opened the door for Freiburg to sign him for 4.5 million euros um, he's a bit of an experienced guy you know he's 27 he's been around mostly in uh, Swiss football you know he came from Saint-Étienne uh, joined Lausanne Sport and then played at Grasshoppers and then has been a Young Boys Baron and Young Boys are very much the second biggest club in, in Switzerland these days. And, uh, you know, he's he's played Europa League, he's played Champions League qualification games for them and in general, you know, brings that experience and is exactly what they need when you consider all the players that they, they lost. And, you know, Chris, you spoke several times about the fact that they lost key players and we fear a little bit for them. So they needed someone who comes in. Yes, the Swiss League isn't as strong as the Bundesliga, but he was a top player in the Swiss League and, um, you know, who has that experience and maybe shoulder a little bit of experience as well for a team that seems very young at times. Yeah, so I was uh, lucky enough, or well, saying the word lucky enough, I was, I was lucky enough to see them on match day one against Frankfurt. And yeah, they could do with some reinforcements. So the, the people they've brought in will, will shore those areas up. And yeah, as you said, he was a high performer in the Swiss league. And yes, albeit it's a, it's a lower level league, technically low level league. I, you know, you can't say that these people coming in aren't going to, you know, prosper in or be able to stand up to that challenge. So, Obviously, they've brought them in for a reason, and now they're gonna, you know, they should look like they'll have something to fight with. And, um, Bryce, I don't know if you're gonna move on to who I think you're gonna move on to. Well, yeah, uh, and I was gonna bring it up to, to yourself. I mean, Ryan Kent, uh, coming in from uh, Liverpool. I mean, what you know, is, is this not just good business for Freiburg, but um, also for Liverpool? I mean, is there is there gonna be maybe, um, I don't, I don't know something in place that he has to play X amount of games, or I mean, what what way does this work? You know, for for Liverpool, not just Freiburg, you're out of interest. You are they are they going to have to hit a certain amount of games? Yeah, so I'm not privy to the exact amount of games, but Liverpool um, only send their players out on loan if they if they can't get the sort of development needs um, they require in the first team. Evidently, Ryan Kent at the moment is going to be way down a pecking order with Liverpool's forward line. Um, so if um, Jurgen Klopp felt that he could get uh, better development at a club than at Liverpool, he sanctions that loan deal. But there has to be a minimum requirement of games. Um, I would assume, and um, I am assuming and hazarding a guess here, it'll be around the 30 to 35% mark he needs to play um, in um, games, whether that's the whole game or whether it's a part game. They won't get away with two, three-minute substitutions. He'll have to get some sort of development. Um, so he will get that um he will get that at Freiburg. Kent can play on the left or he can play centrally as a second striker or he can play on the right wing. As we know, um, some coaches like to play the wrong foot on the wrong side so they can cut in. Um, you, you have to look at uh, Iron Robin for that. He is 
going places. In the Liverpool circles, Ryan Kent is going places. And, you know, Freiburg were one of three clubs. Hanover were the first team that were interested in. Hanover were interested in taking him and Ben Woodburn, who's another Liverpool youngster, on loan. They wanted them both. They wanted Woodburn originally. And Klopp said no, because he wants him to develop at Liverpool. So it was all set up for Ryan Kent this morning. Um, and then um, and then it didn't happen because um, Hanover brought a signing in, who we'll talk about in a bit. So I won't burst that bubble now. Um, and that was it. The deal was done. And very, very late, like really late into the window, um, Freiburg made an offer because originally there was Hanover, Freiburg and Stuttgart interested. And, and Freiburg came in really late. And it must have been late because this transfer was only confirmed three hours after the window shut because Liverpool and um, Freiburg were concerned that maybe the registration paperwork hadn't got through to the right area in time. So you're looking at maybe it was two to three minutes to spare when the paperwork went in. And once it was confirmed by, um, by the league and by the, um, well, yeah, by the league that the registration forms were fine, then it was announced. So you can get from that how touch and go it was, but uh, he must have been promised the development opportunities um, and, and he will get them there because yeah, they were certainly lacking in forward options, and the other day, they only need a um, injury to one or two, and then they're right down on the bones of their backside. So um, Kent will come in and he'll offer them, um, he'll offer them a, an alternative option. And I think he'll really enjoy that stadium. I've been there, and we've all seen it on the TV. It's a nice, close-knit stadium. It's a lovely part of the, you know, the country. Couldn't be asking to move anywhere better in in my. Um, my estimation at the moment, having been to Freiburg, it's a beautiful place. He should love it and he should fly there. And I'm going to be really interested in watching him. Obviously, he's a Liverpool fan and covering Liverpool as well. But um, as as someone who likes to see youth given its chance and the Bundesliga is the best place for that at the moment, I'm really interested to see how it gets on. Yeah, I must say, I always enjoy seeing uh, players from uh, the UK uh, move abroad. I think it's only going to be a good experience for them so uh, yeah I hope things go well for them and uh, yeah I also hope um, Freiburg uh, gets something back from them but um, we'll move on to Werder Bremen now uh, and in came a new striker from them all the way from uh, Standard Liège um, in the shape of Ishak Belfodil nobody thought I'd get that pronunciation right um, well but... done that's maybe the biggest news on deadline day <laughs> that is as one of them <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty more I'll mess up along the way. Probably more simple to read than that. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I I'm gonna be honest. I've never heard of uh, the Algerian striker. Um, it looks like um, from what I have um, found on him uh, that he's been around uh, a few clubs, a few Italian clubs. But uh, Manu, can, can you kind of uh, ex- express what's um, what exactly Verde Bremen are, are are getting from him? Well, hopefully someone who can score goals for them. I know we're, they have been desperate um, to, to find a striker and looked at various different options. There was even some crazy rumor about Andy Carroll going to Werder Bremen. Um, you know, don't think that was... I don't think that would have fitted Werder Bremen's um, budget, to be quite honest. I heard Andy Carroll some crazy money in England. So well, what what's the nightlife over there? You know, Andy Carroll may have fit in. I, I can't. And really... does anybody own a caravan? Because yeah. that's where he lives. He lives in he lives in his it's... teammate's caravan on his drive. I really couldn't see. Uh, I can see uh, agents trying to push that deal on Werder Bremen, but I can see why Bremen said no, no, thank you. We'll go with the Algerian striker from Standard Liège instead. Um, probably better, probably more money for value. Um, but you know what? The Andy Carroll rumor makes sense when you look at the, the height, um, and the, the build of the guy. They were obviously looking for a big striker. This guy is a meter 91, so six foot three, uh, six foot three and a half. I got us so a big tall lad. Uh, his strike rate doesn't really blow me away. Um, you know, he scored. 17 goals in 40 games in Belgium, uh, nine goals for Parma in 57 games. It's not enormous numbers. You know, it's not the kind of numbers where you think is like there's guaranteed goals. I think the one thing that kind of saves his statistics a little bit is that to his 11 goals in his 25 games last season, he added six assists. So uh, maybe a bit of a target man, right? Um, but I'm not sure if that's what Bremen need. You know, the, they did quite well with Bartels and Kruse. 
Um, two dynamic strikers playing very well off each other. I guess that's someone you bring off the bench to, um, to create room to act kind of like as a, um, you know, as a, like as a breaker when you, when you could, when you have problems finding space in the box. But yeah, was, this is a wait and see kind of transfer for me. I'm, I'm not convinced that's exactly the man that Bremen need. Yeah, well, just have to see if uh, Bruno Bremen can get the best out of him and get a few more goals than his uh, previous sides. We're going to go to Borussia Mönchengladbach now, and they've brought in uh, a new striker also in Raul Bomadilla. Uh, I think uh, fans would probably remember him best uh, last season, playing for Osberg uh, and getting a three or getting the goal in the 3-2 win, 3-2 thriller, uh, and comeback against uh, Werder Bremen. That's probably what I remember um, best from him, his time in Osberg. But, um, Chris, um, it, it's, we, we just talked about a, a striker that probably isn't exactly what Werder Bremen needed uh, most most desperately. Is is this what Gladbach needs desperately, a, a player like Bobadilla, a big, strong striker? Oh well, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna bring anybody onto your books, a big strong striker is a massive football cliche, isn't it? You, you do need one. Although Gladbach do have very good strikers and they have got very good forward options, it's it's again, it's another side that for me are building a squad depth because Gladbach could really make inroads into that. You know, maybe top four might be out of the, out of the reach, but definitely the top six to get back into Europe. They can do that this season. Um, I think we've seen how Hekin plays, uh, and we've seen how well they can play at times. When it go, when you when it when it snaps into place, Gladbach are excellent. I thought they were excellent the other week as well on um, on the first match day when I saw them. It, I thought they were very very good, and I, I like this because he is a big strong player, and um, and sometimes you need that ability obviously he's a main central forward striking role but again should they want him to he can play left or right doesn't particularly do it that often but he's a main out and out striker he's a big strong powerful striker and and yeah he he just looks like a mean old player to me although obviously he's not old as he's only um, well he is 30 which is he is getting on um it's a good experience buy for them and it's an option. And I think Gladbach need an option. Um, you know, if it's not going well for them, they need, they need a plan B um, and he will give them a plan B. And that's, that's why I think that's for me, this is why they're strengthening like this because they want to push to those European places. Again, Gladbach's a big club. Um, you know, it's a very big club, champions league, European cup club. It needs to be back in that element. And if they can build, on this season and get back in there, then you can maybe next season they could attract maybe, and this isn't um, a slant on um, Bobby Delia, but they could attract a better caliber of player in, but enable to do that, you've got to get back into those areas. And for me, they're building a squad that's capable of that. Yeah, Bryce, they're bringing him back. Actually, this is second stint at Gladbach. Um, he was there from, 2009 to 2011 then he was out on loan in Greece and then he came back and played another half year before he went back to Switzerland where he had his uh, big breakthrough and then uh, you know he played at uh, Young Boys and then Basel and that's when he after that he came back to the Bundesliga and his second stint for Augsburg um, is where he where he really made a name for himself you know as um, as a striker, a powerful striker, I, I always think he looks a little bit like a box because I think he, I swear he is as wide as he is tall. And that doesn't mean he's, uh, he's fat. He's just a really, really strong player. Um, but you know, he, he'll give him that extra option. I think Chris is absolutely right. They're building squad depth because they have lots of good options, but you know, Raphael and Stindl, they're more the, technical kind of players right you get lots of goals out of them but sometimes you just need uh, what we call in german kampfschwein like a battle pick someone who just breaks through the lines and is you know willing to get there get this get themselves dirty and just like fight and scratch and uh bite their way through and uh, when you when you do a little bit of uh research in raul bubadilla's life he had a very hard upbringing in uh, argentina of course he plays for paraguay but he's uh, born and raised in argentina and so he's, you know, he brings that edge to him. And I think that's exactly what Gladbach did. Gladbach have a lot of players that are very, very fun to watch and very technical gifted, but they don't have someone who, you know, they don't have a battle. They don't have a Kampfschwein and you need that sometimes. 
Well, there you go. It's going to be interesting to follow his uh, second stint there. And yeah, it could be an exciting season for uh, Gladbach. Uh, let's just see how that pans out for them. Uh, a deal that we've uh, talked about uh, on the previous uh, pod uh, was uh, Schalke centre-back uh, Benedict Howardis uh, going to Juventus. Uh, that is all um, all completed now. Um, Manu, how much how much do you think... Uh... That's the mistake, Laxon, because it's a massive mistake to let him go. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say this is the first nail in Tedesco's coffin, but the Klaxon was better. <laughs> <laughs> nice touch. Um, though, uh, how, how can we be certain that this is going to affect them that much? Are, are, they, are they really... Is it is it that big a deal? I mean, I know he's very experienced. He's been in the club for a while. Uh, do, do you really think that, that, that that's the nail in the coffin? Are, are, are we that positive on that? We'll talk about that in, in uh, halfway through the season, and then I'll tell you. But I, I'm pretty sure we'll be. This is a <laughs> massive mistake. Bryce said he's been there a while. He's been he's been there. Plus two hundred and fifty years there, or since two thousand three. He's a legend. <laughs> It, That's this is a while, this, right? this is like this is like selling Steven Gerrard, okay? Just to put this into perspective, this is a dumb move. It's just you know I'm just nailing it down as it is or how it is. Huh? See what I did there? Although someone did that on Twitter before me, I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend I came up with that. But um, no, this is this is idiotic. I I really don't get it. And Hervidus was quite clear. Um, you know, I think that they thought they could strip him of his captaincy and he would just accept it. And, uh, you know, take one for the team. And he, apparently he didn't. And, uh, you know, he's, he's made a statement saying, um, you know, Schalke has released a statement. You shouldn't stop travelers. And then, uh, Hovid has shot one back and said, sometimes it's, sometimes you should stop a traveling person. I, I think we can clearly see what's going on there. And it dismantled the club legend so that Tedesco can, you know, stamp authority on the squad, whatever that means. And I personally, I personally think he, he's targeted the wrong man because I'm pretty sure Goretzka will be gone at the end of the season. And then, you know, you, you basically dismantled one legend in, in a weak attempt to keep another. I, I don't know. I think that this is wrong. And I, the Clarkson is perfect, Chris. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that one. I'm, I, what I'm more disappointed in is the fact that, you know, at the very end, once he's gone, Tedesco had um, had the gall to say, well, you know, maybe he should have been a bit more patient and he would have got a shot. He, he's a club legend and, and he is a club legend at Schalke and he's been stripped of the captaincy. He's been dropped from the you know, match day squad. He's been made to sit on the bench. He hasn't actually done anything wrong. And, you know, you're not looking at, um, at someone who's not achieved anything. You're looking at a World Cup winner. You're looking at a Pokal winner. You're looking at someone who really galvanized them when they were on their arse end last season. You're in that horrendous, um, horrendous position where they were rock bottom. And it's only his captaincy that, you know, he was strong and he dragged the team forward. And once they got the win, they were bouncing back and they looked really good once they got over that initial, um, initial fall. And, you know, don't forget they, they lost Matip um, prior to the season last season. So they had to adapt. And, and I just think he's been treated um, terribly. I, I get it. It's football and, you know, the romantic in me thinks that you should, you know, always treat people well in football, but there's no loyalty in football anymore. And that goes for players, managers, you know, coaches, no matter what. But uh, this is a mistake for me um, because what is not a particularly strong squad, um, especially if um, you look at you know the departure to Arsenal from the back line, um, now all of a sudden you've lost someone else who's exceptionally good on that back line and all of a sudden Schalke look very, very shaky. And yeah, I sort of said that I didn't think he'd be there um, by match day five, which maybe was a bit flippant. Um, I'd struggle to see him stay until Christmas if, you know, if it goes wrong because this is on his head and the fans will say it's all gone wrong and and you let um, you let Howard us go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think I think you're right. And you know, just maybe to to finish off the Hervidus thing, Juventus signed a striker who had better 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 numbers than Bonucci had last season. You know, and Bonucci was a worldwide transfer target by so many, many big clubs. But when you compare the two players, Hovidas actually had uh, 
better numbers um, throughout the board than Bonucci. So Juventus actually get an upgrade for almost next to nothing. You know, I think that pretty much sums it up. Well, I have heard that uh, Tedesco didn't rate his passing, and that's his excuse for getting rid of him. He says that his passing and distribution from the back was too poor uh, to build uh, from the back moving forward, but also wow. didn't rate his pass backs to the goalkeeper even. Okay, but you're well, doesn't need to no really rate them. Yeah. Don't need know. to rate them because the goalkeeper can't pick it up anymore. He just realised he's not 1985 anymore, doesn't he? That, that's all I'm saying. That's what I've heard. Um, which is probably just uh, another excuse for a reason that he wanted to get rid of him, right? But we'll not know. Oh well, he's gone. Um, right. We'll we'll move on. Um, it's time for me to try and get pronunci- pronunciations right. I can't even get that right. Uh, in Bayer Leverkusen, um, they've signed a fella from Olympiacos under the name. Panagiotis Retos. Is that right? I don't even that'll know. That'll do me, but, Bryce. That's, yeah, that's yeah, excellent. That sounds good. <laughs> that, that'll do me. Um, as you can tell, uh, he's not really a household name. But um, yeah, a defender from Panathinaikos. Um, who wants to take this one? I'll try. Okay, go for it. <laughs> because I don't know very much about him. I know that he was born in Johannesburg, so there's that. Um, but... Yeah, Leverkusen paid a lot of money. And, you know, one thing that Leverkusen have been good at is unearthing young, talented defenders um, in that area of the world. You know, they they found Yetvai, of course. They found Papadopoulos and uh, they found this kid now. And, you know, they were willing to part with a lot of money. I heard somewhere somewhere in the region of 20 million euros um, that they paid for him. So they must be definitely seeing something at him. And um, there's a lot of things that went wrong at Leverkusen in the last couple of years, but the scouting has always been spot on. And, um, you know, they were willing, and we'll talk about that in a moment, that they were willing to let go of Dragovic and brought in this kid. So they're obviously seeing something. And um, I think they're planning to have him straight in um, playing in the starting 11. So, you know, I think... Either Leverkusen got something really wrong or we'll see another big talent coming to the Bundesliga right there. Well, talking about um, other talents, it looks like they've uh, not just added a, you know, a centre-back, but they've actually added a, a striker as well in Lucas Alario. Um, I mean, uh, he, he's obviously um, been knocked, his name's been knocked around for a while, uh, linked with a few clubs. I believe he was even linked with uh, Liverpool at, at, at one stage. But, um, yeah, he seems to be a bit of a proven goal scorer uh, for the likes of uh, River Plates. Um, I mean, Manu, can, can you enlighten us a little bit more on, on this uh, second signing of uh, Leverkusen? Well, thankfully, we got a guy in Argentina, and uh, Nico Miramont, who wrote an amazing article on this transfer uh, for Fußballstadt.com and listed all the legal ramifications and problems that are going on with this deal because Bayer... Um, First, Bayer bought the 40% of where it's owned by another club. You know, they do this in Argentina all the time. On South America in general, there's multiple player ownerships, technically illegal, but, you know, uh, what does FIFA do anyways? So they Bayer went and bought the 40% and basically put, you know, the gun on the table and said, well, River, we're going to, we're now going to, we already own 40% and now we're going to trigger his exit clause. And uh, River said no. No, we're not going to do it. We're not, we're not going to give up his registration. So when Bayer tried to send the money to River Plate to uh, trigger this exit clause, River Plate refused to give them the bank details. So um, we've already have pictures of Alarios in Bayer Leverkusen shirts. He's already in Germany. He's, uh, he went on a plane and flew over. His contract is signed, but... The River played and uh, has not released his, um, you know, his registration yet. And uh, that makes it tricky. I, from what I understand is the Bundesliga is, is going to make an exception here because obviously River played is uh, putting in stops uh, and making this more difficult than need be. Uh, so I think we'll see him eventually. If Nico rates this guy. Um, he rates him as a very good striker, very interesting player. You know, Bayer Leverkusen are paying 24 million euros for him for, for a guy who's, who hasn't played, um, in Europe yet. So, you know, there, there must be something to it. And Bayer Leverkusen have always been the best club in Germany when it comes to signing South Americans. So they must be seeing something in him. But 
they got themselves into a real mess. And if you want to read on detail about that, I suggest go over to fußballstadt.com. There's an article where it's all outlined there, all the re legal ramifications, the story behind it. Uh, Nico calls it a soap opera, and that sounds about right. It sounds like I'll be uh, tuning into that article as well. Uh, I think I need to know a little bit more about him myself. Uh, Chris, uh, we've seen a very last minute, uh, well, a, a defender in Alexander Dragovic uh, leave uh, and head to uh, to Leicester City. Uh, he, he was maybe not the, the most um, uh, renowned name, you know, especially amongst the, uh, the back line of uh, Leverkusen. But uh, what will Leicester be getting? Uh, will Bayer Leverkusen uh, lose out in this? Well, they're getting a sort of an unknown quantity, really, aren't they? I mean, he, he only came in um, this time last year. Um, so he came in, he's a, a bit of a big money transfer, and he came in originally. He's around about, well, I'd have to do the conversion on today's money. He'd probably be around about 18, 19 million euros. But he's not particularly had a shot he didn't feature for that much to start of the season um and i feel a little sorry for him because we all know that uh, leverkusen didn't exactly have the best of seasons last season um but leicester obviously feel that they need to strengthen in that area and they've got themselves um you know got themselves a loan deal with uh, with an option to buy at the end of it so yeah we'll we'll have to wait and see but i think Players normally, and this is a massive generalisation, and I know there's um, books to this trend, players normally um, adapt quite easily going from the um, Bundesliga to the Premier League uh, because it's a, it's a physical league um, and it's also got a technical element to it. So uh, I think he will be fine at Leicester. And, you know, Leicester are, in essence, uh, a mid-table team Um by Leverkusen were that for most of last season. So it should be a seamless transition for him. And um, you never know what might happen. He, he may do enough to um, to have his loan um, for the option not to be taken up and for him to go back to buy Leverkusen. But I always get the feeling when you get these options to buy loans that um, that's generally it. It's, uh, it's an easy way to buy a player now, um, but not have to pay for him until a year later, which may be the, the option in Leicester's case for this. Yes, indeed. Uh, Chris, we're going to just uh, stick with yourself and uh, talk about Wolfsburg now. Uh, they've brought in Divock Origi from uh, Liverpool on loan as well. Um, uh, well what type of player um, can Wolfsburg fans um, expect from him? I mean, uh, uh, as a Liverpool fan, um, I, I, I quite rate Origi. I think he's a, he's a, he's a bright young player and, you know, I, I think they're going to get, um, yeah, a pretty decent young player um, who's going to get them goals this season. Um, yeah, so out and out, um, he's a he's a central striker. So he would um, he would normally like to play um, in a one or as as a two. Um, he can play in a three if required. And you know, if um, if I was to say where do I think he's going to play here, well, I probably think he'll play out wide on the left as a left forward option at Wolfsburg. However, what they're getting is is a player who improved exceptionally well since Jurgen Klopp arrived at Liverpool. So. Uh, he was a little thin. He's only 22, but he's a little thin. He bulked up in the out season, um, and he uh, he also improved his off the ball running and his, his tactical nous in the game improved. And um, on his day, he is very very good. I mean, if you want to see what he can do, if you're a Wolfsburg fan and you've never seen Divock before, if you just Google Divock versus Southampton, you'll see him destroy Southampton with, with a hat trick. Um, and he was as strong on that day as I've ever seen him play before. And um, yeah, he is. It's a surprise. Um, there was talk he was going to be a, a make weight deal for uh, Thomas Lamar and Monaco. Um, evidently, that didn't happen. And then yeah, he's gone to Wolfsburg um, on, on a loan. And yeah, I think Wolfsburg are getting a strong, powerful player. We just talked about you know Dragovic to be able to make the transition from um, Bundesliga to Premier League because they are a similar style of league. Uh, and I think that Origi should have no problem settling into a Wolfsburg side, especially if the ball's played to his feet and in and around his feet. Uh, I think he'll be fine. He's also very powerful in the air, so he'll add a set-piece threat. Um, yeah, I've got, I'll have an article coming out now. Now the window's shut. 
um, tomorrow and people aren't really interested in tactical and scouting reports um, when the, when it's transfer deadline day. So that'll be out tomorrow. So Wolfsburg fans will be able to get an overview of, of what they're going to get. But yeah, needless to say, they're getting a strong uh, international player. You know, at one point he was chosen over Lukaku um, for the Belgian national side. That should give you an indication of his ability. Um, so yeah, they're getting a really good player that can play, uh, that I think will play on the left. He can play right as well if he needs to, um, or he could even play as a second striker. So a little bit of versatility in there for Wolfsburg. And yeah, this will be a very, very good deal. Um, he's also obviously, as we talked a little earlier about the Ryan Kent deal, he's obviously being guaranteed a minimum amount of playing time and Wolfsburg have been able to, to assure Liverpool he'll get that. Um, the only slight down, I think, for Wolfsburg is that Liverpool have an option to recall the loan in January. So if things aren't going too well for Liverpool and he has a really good start and a really good first half of the season at Wolfsburg, he could find himself being recalled to a Liverpool side, um, which um, may be a little bit of a downer for them, especially if he hits the ground running and he starts well. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting to monitor this one. I mean, I'll be excited to cover him anyway as a Liverpool fan um, in the Bundesliga and I'll be really looking forward to see how he adapts to Wolfsburg. Yeah, Bryce, I, I actually, you know, even if they recall him, I think he adds a bit of experience to what is a very exciting... Um, of course, there's Mario Gomez there. Mario Gomez will be playing. That's why, you know, if Origi plays, he will play as a second striker um, in a 3-5-2 or on the wing in a what what looks sort of like a flat five four one, but is in reality like a three four three. Um, so you know he'll play off the wing, or you know as as, as a supporting striker. But when you look at who else they brought in, they brought in uh, Dimata, right? Who is a twenty year old striker from Belgium. They brought in Kalen Hitz, Hins, um, who's a nineteen year old striker from England. Um, so even Origi, I know he's only 22, but he has a ton more experience, national team, uh, Europa League, Premier League, right? Um, he, he will add a little bit of depth. And even if they recall him after six months or in the winter, I guess, then, um, some of these other guys might be ready, um, to take his role. So I actually like this deal and Wolfsburg look really good up front. When you, when you look at that list of strikers that they have, because they also have Marvin Stefaniak, of course, would have brought him from Dresden. He's hurt right now, sadly, but he will be fit. Um, Hins, Origi, Gomez, Dimata, Osimen, uh, young Nigerian striker. They look good. And then they have Didavi and uh, Mali behind that. Um, there's some power in that squad. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe just maybe Wolfsburg will surprise a few people. Yeah, it all sounds very exciting for uh, Wolfsburg, doesn't it? Uh, it could be an interesting year for them. Um, the right back, uh, though, uh, uh, Vierinha, I, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, I may have got that wrong, uh, just like uh, many of the other pronunciations. But uh, he, he's returned to uh, Greece, uh, going to PAOK. Um, so uh, they bid farewell to him and good luck. But we're going to talk about uh, Stuttgart. Uh, Manu, they, they brought in Andreas Beck uh, from Brasictas. Um he plays a right back position, doesn't he? Uh, what, what can you tell us um, about this? Uh, well, I was going to say this young fellow, but he's not. He's thirty years old, and he's a former national team player, and he is a VfB Stuttgart product. So he's coming home, and I really like this deal for Stuttgart. They're bringing in some experience uh, into that defensive line. I mean, we've seen Stuttgart. Um, they they look good on match day two. Didn't look great on match day one, but look good on match day two. And they're not your typical promoted side, um, just because you know the resources that they have. But they needed they needed a bit of experience. They needed an experience right back. And Andreas Beck will do this. And Andreas Beck will go straight into the squad. You know he's born and raised in the area. He's played for Stuttgart's youth academy uh, before he moved to, to Hoffenheim, of course. Um, national team player former national team player. Um, you know, he'll bring tons of experience to the side and I like this deal a lot. I think he is exactly what Stuttgart need. Thank you. But Sam, he's not the only man that's coming to Stuttgart. I believe that they, um, well, I've got this one right, that they have signed a, a young man in a, a 20-year-old. Oh God, I'm going to I'm going to mess this one up as well. Santiago Ascabiar. Ascaziba. Yeah. Got an, I've got to ask, you got to talk to Nico. 
He's in the chat, Bryce. He can tell you how to say all these things. I have many languages I need to learn, or even just one language would probably help. Uh, Struggle enough with English, I suppose. Can you tell us anything about him, Manu? What what do you know about about this, um, well, new addition? Well, thankfully we got Nico, and he told us that, you know, he really likes this player. Um, also, there's also a good article on him on fußballstadt.com and he says he's the next, uh, Mascarano. So, you know, fantastic signing for Stuttgart. And I think he, he will add quite a bit to that side. And I'm really excited to see him play. You know, he's playing in the young Stuttgart team and he will get tons of playing time there and could be, you know, the next big uh, Argentine midfield talent. So that just leaves us, uh, well, just with one or two um, moments left. Uh, I think we need to speak about the other promoted sites in Hanover. They've brought in a, well, well a new addition in Bebo. Um, <laughs> I remember that being a social media site. Uh, Chris, uh, do you know anything ab- about the ex-Fortuna uh, player? Um, I, it was a dating site, Bryce. So you should, maybe that's a, a little um, a little window into your social media habits. Anyway, um, well, yeah, <laughs> well, it's, it was uh, a dating site. Not that I knew yeah, of, yeah. anyway. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so they, this is the guy um, who they sold, which uh, eventually made the um, Ryan Kent um, loan collapse. So this, this is why it collapsed. It was uh, real early on in the morning, around about um, 10 o'clock UK time. So it might have even been a little earlier than that. Um, yeah, so they've in essence bought their own player, haven't they? Um, instead of loaning one, uh, they've brought a forward who can play right, centrally or left. Um, yeah, he's been at um, Fortuna for a while. Um, yeah, they've obviously they've seen him all last season and uh, they've obviously kept running with him. And yeah, he's now come in and and yeah let's see how he settles but yeah he's he's um he's probably in essence can do the job that kent would have done uh, and and they get to own him and they don't develop a player for for someone else so it's i can see why they've done it and you know i look forward to seeing him have we done it have we finally seen the window shut is that it that's it that's it it's a rush to get that through to our own transfer deadline of an hour wow there we go. Well, it's been a busy summer, hasn't it? Um, guys, uh, was there anything else you'd like to touch on uh, before we kind of wrap this up? I think we've kind of sped through the transfers today. Yeah, let's let's call it. Uh, transfer windows closed. Right. John, Done. let's concentrate on the football. You hear that? That's me shutting the transfer window. <laughs> there we go. Okay, well, uh, Chris, what have you got going on um, this coming week? Have you got anything you'd like to draw people's attention to? Uh, yeah, so just keep your eye on the um, Football Grad Live uh, Twitter account, which is at Football Grad Live, uh, and you will see the link to Fushball Stat come out for just the overview on what um, what can be expected from the um, Liverpool arrivals to the Bundesliga. So I'll do something on Ryan Kent and also um, Divock Origi. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just a date for your diary will be um, Chelsea um, Karabag and Spurs, Dortmund and Arsenal Cologne, which is my three-day back-to-back mammoth in London, um, subject to accreditation. I'll put that in. Lovely. That sounds like a very exciting time. Uh, Manu, uh, what would you like to uh, draw people's attention to or where can they find you online? Yeah, we got a couple international uh, international break previews, I guess. Um, so Germany, Czech Republic is already on Fußballstadt. There is uh, a few on um, football grads, so Scotland, Lithuania. We cut, we have that. We have uh, the two Ukraine games. Uh, you wonder me why we didn't cover Russia. Russia decided uh, that they didn't need to play an international national team break game, and uh, they chose Dynamo Moscow instead. So we didn't decide to preview that. There's no point. So those are all up on uh, football grad, football start. Uh, there's your preview up on football Sidaja on the Mexico. Um, the Mexico game, Mexico, Panama, and then of course, Mexico, Costa Rica. So keep an eye out on that. And then uh, I'll personally will take it, you know, transfers are all wrapped up. So I'm just looking forward to actually focus on football for a bit and, um, you know, get the Champions League previews out and all that. It's, it's exciting to have, um, focus on football instead of, you know, players going from A to B. Yeah, very much so. So I've been your host, uh, Bryce Dunn. You can find me on Twitter at Bryce Dunn 11. I'll be doing a few uh, Mexican uh, previews. 
Uh, maybe even uh, the odds uh, Liga MX uh, article as well over the next uh, few days. But uh, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. We'd just like to um, ask if, if you enjoy the podcast uh, uh, on Football Grad Network, uh, the three podcasts that we do, if, if you could just go on to iTunes and just read it, um, just um, you know, give us something nice to say. Uh, and, and, and to receive we really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in and yeah if you could just uh, rate us leave us a comment or two that would be fantastic uh, thanks guys as always for your support and I'll feed us in Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen, ich hab zu holen. One gift that never gets returned? Trick question. It's three gifts, beer, wine and spirits. And with Drizzly, you can send the gift of drinks right to your loved one's doors. Drizzly lets you compare prices from local liquor stores on a huge selection of beer, wine, and holiday spirits, then get them delivered right to that lucky someone's door in under 60 minutes. And right now, Drizzly is giving customers $5 off their first order. Just enter promo code JINGLE at checkout. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.